Good morning. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are looking lovely today. If, if, if you get slapped in the face, just blame me. It could happen. I'm sure it will happen. Good morning. We're going to continue right now in a, a short series. This is the second of a three-part series titled Unstoppable. I think of what we've just heard today, even the sense of God. God is unstoppable. You can't stop God. Many have tried and, and, have, and have proven to fail in the process. God will make a way. And what we're learning in this series is that applying God's principles and truths to our lives enables us to be unstoppable also. And so I'm gonna unpack that a little bit today in this message. What I do want to do is just encourage you that uh, if you haven't heard the first message, that was on the 25th of, of uh, September. And I encourage you to have a look at that. And that was titled Unstoppable, but the focus was tearing down the altars. And it's dealing with, with a compromised heart, where we go so far and we follow so far, but no further. And we look from Gideon right through to Jesus. And Jesus was quite clear on that, that take up your cross and follow me. If you don't take up your cross, they're not worthy of me. So we need, to, we need to just understand what that is. And it's 12.3 degrees outside, just so you know. <laughs> the wrong thing just popped up on my phone, just in case you were wondering. Hey, we're glad to hear for you. We're glad to offer you. So great to hear about uh, Vision Radio. Isn't that so good? That is, that's like once in a million years you can get that opportunity. That, that, is a, that is actually God. That's an unstoppable moment right there. Just a real blessing to see people get behind that. God's people... That is absolutely fantastic. So good to hear that. So I just want to continue uh, just looking today. And I read last time when we spoke in this series of Romans 8.37. Just look at that for a moment. I don't know if it's on the screen, but it says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. We, what are we? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more. It means at the highest level, very highly more is what it means. We are much, much more. Almost a sense of unmeasurable. We are more than conquerors. Sometimes we have to tell ourselves we are, I'm a conqueror, but I'm more than a conqueror. Sometimes situations that we face, we're like, oh Lord, but you know, Lily and, no, keep going, Lily, it's okay. <laughs> that was just, that happened just that way. <laughs> I wasn't trying to highlight anything here. There's a lot of joy in this house today. Thank you, Nerly. Uh, actually, I felt that Nerly was actually, she was actually setting up her own table and finding the strength around. There was no doubt about it. I thought, ah, challenge is on. <laughs> and I'm terrible at trivia, so please don't join our table. <laughs> I need to go to a strong table. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, Remember, it's not a little No. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's not all about winning, Gabe said. That's true, Gabe. <laughs> oh, dear. So just even with Lily and, and, and uh, Reed in their journey, we're going to think of ourselves, I can, I, I can do this. I can get through this. We can do this. As we've been singing, God will make a way. 
Many of us have walked through journeys and, and, and seasons and spaces in our own lives. We wonder, when we look to a certain point, we go, how did I get here? In the sense of, I don't know how I made it. That's amazing. And so today we're going to talk about grace. And I think just to unpack it, I think we could spend a lot of time on grace. The Apostle Paul had a lot to say. I think it was his pet subject. I think he, he really got his head and wrestled with this understanding of grace. And I, and I think why is because it impacted him so much. And we believe that the encounter that he had with Jesus really just over, was an overflow of really just grippling with this grace and understanding. So we are more than conquerors. So we're going to learn a little bit about this this morning and just in the next few moments. Let's have a look at 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. This is where we want to just launch from this and then go into the message. So Paul is, is obviously troubled by something and he speaks to Jesus and the Lord speaks back to him and this is the dialogue. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, with insults and hardships and persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. If we read in the, in the context of giving in 2 Corinthians 9, it says, talks about the sufficiency of God in all things that may abound in every good work. The all-sufficient grace, or all-sufficiency of grace enables you and I to be unstoppable. I'm still learning about grace. There's this, it's just amazing, but we're gonna unpack this just a little for you this morning. All sufficient means lacking nothing. And one of the things that we learn about grace when you and I have encountered grace, when I encountered grace, i.e. in the person of Jesus, I had to learn how to self-love and I had to learn how to forgive. That was an initial journey I had to learn how to self-love, to love me and to forgive. And that was the journey. And I'm amazed sometimes when we talk to people today that, that there's either one or the other or both are absent, that we struggle to forgive, but some will really do forgiveness well, but they struggle to self-love. And in a way, we self-sabotage God's image in us. That's for another day. And so by accepting this sufficiency of grace, this all-sufficiency, we become unstoppable. Sufficient means to be possessed of unfailing strength, to be strong, to be enough, to ward off, be satisfied, content. Romans 5 speaks about these two pillars of thought, these realms that we live under, that you and I choose to live under every day, the realm of law and the realm or the pillar of grace. Sometimes we mix it up a little bit too because it helps with us sort things out. But it's never meant to be. Grace is our friend. Think about that. Paul in his weakness found grace. 
through Jesus Christ. And we, we begin, as you read Paul's letters, we begin to un- discover this more and more. We learned a little bit of that in Ephesians just recently. Grace not only made its entry, but it made its presence known through Jesus. The absence of an unregenerate heart will always lead us back to law. We must surrender all that we are, all to who he is, and ask him to lead us willingly. The gospel is a gospel of grace, but sometimes we present a gospel that's mixed with grace and law. Do this and don't do that. Now I'm not talking about we just go sin and do our own thing, because that, what that means is that we've had an encounter with a concept of grace, but not the person of grace. If I choose to do the wrong thing thinking that God will forgive me, then I really, I'm admitting that I have no understanding or no concept of what it means. His holiness and his love, his extension towards me. We will sin, but to intentionally keep on sinning is a slap in the face of God. It's contrary to his grace. And yet he still reaches out and says, I love you and I want you. Grace is taking the power back from sin into our lives. Grace is that unmerited favour, that gift, God's ability in place of my inability. Grace is Christ's empowering presence and we go on. Grace is the undeserved, unmerited and unearned favour of God. Sometimes it seems so easy, truly. It can't be that easy, that simple. I've got to do something. I've got to earn my way through. I've got to pay God back. No, you don't. No, we don't. That's why it's so important. Christianity makes itself stand out from all other faiths and religions because of this concept and understanding of grace. Freely you have received. Freely give. So grace is this dynamic, interweaving work of God that is real and tangible. It is a true encounter between a supernatural God and a frail humanity. It is humanity in the presence of divinity. Grace is power from above dispersed to meet the needs of people. And that's why it's so important. Only grace, the grace of God, can change a life. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace that you have been saved. So grace supplies faith. Grace positions us each to be recipients not only of God's love, but we would be carriers of his love towards one another and to the world. The most significant way for us is to demonstrate grace is to grow. It's evidenced by a life encounter. And we read that briefly in Paul, and I encourage you to read his whole structure of thinking around grace. It's amazing. Grace is God's favourable disposition towards us. So let's have a look at a few thoughts then about this all-sufficiency grace. It says this, it says, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of sickness and hardship, just as Paul was highlighting, 
in trouble and in, in battles and problems and worries and habits and self-destructive behaviours, in, in weakness and despair, in fear and even in doubt. Grace says, I've got you. But better still, Jesus says, I've got you. I think we all could fit into that at times, the challenges of life. Psalms help us to understand this and it says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, demonstrating his own nature. So graceful. We see it from Genesis right through to Revelation. So here's some ideas around grace that's gonna help you to be unstoppable. Number one, grace reminds us of Christ's empowering presence. This is my personal definition that I read years ago of what grace means to me. It means when I'm struggling, when I'm battling, when I wonder what's going on, I'm encouraged that grace is with me because Jesus is with me. And so whatever I'm facing, whatever uncertainty and unknown, I know that he's with me and he will empower me. He will empower me through whatever that situation is. Many of you, I see you empowered in your walk and in your battles and in your struggles. I see it. I see Christ's presence around you. I see it. Grace, I, I believe, is most revealed in these troubling times and tough times. Not in the easy. We tend to forget God when everything's okay. We enjoy life and we, we drink and be merry. But when there's tough times or things start to shift or there's tension or problems or whatever, we tend to call out to God. Why? Because we know that he's gracious. We know that he extends and gives grace and in that place, he empowers us. Grace reminds us that we've been delivered. That grace is enough. Grace says that you are worthy now. Jesus comes and has come, sorry, to deliver you and set you free. And this is the true gospel life. We're not our own, and it's not in our own strength or might, but it's in God's. Romans 5, 1 and 2 speaks about, therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have obtained access into this grace where we now stand, because it's empowering I can stand because I have the grace, the Christ presence around about me, this dwelling sense of acknowledgement that he empowers me to get through whatever obstacle or challenge or season or battle or report. He empowers me. I don't empower myself. It's about just having some positive thoughts. It's about having this incarnated grace all over our lives. A grace that can remind us of his presence is right with me and right with you, even for now. I ask you the question, are you empowered today? Are you aware of Christ's empowering presence? Are you facing a particular hurdle or a struggle or a challenge? And you need to be empowered because you feel like it'd be really easy for me to slip right now be really easy for this thing to take me out. It doesn't need to be. When we stop it in our own strength and we say, you know, I, I can only go so far, Lord. I am weak. But you say I'm strong. How? Grace. 
comes over us. Number two, grace reveals in us Christ's enabling presence. It's encouragement. Grace reveals his enabling presence to overcome these faith times and uncertain times and strange times. Enable means to make something possible, to withstand, to hold out against. In a sense, be resilient. I was talking with David yesterday at Catch Up and we are talking about the different histories, our different stories, our, our different upbringings and environments that we, we grew up in, our different nurtures. David's and David heads and mine are very, very different. But both demonstrate grace of God. And your story is different and where you've come from and what you're walking through right now may be so different to one another. It's not about comparing, it's just that there's enough grace that enables you and encourages you. <clears throat> Excuse me. In 1 Corinthians 15, 10, that by the grace of God I am what I am. You're saying this, Paul. You're coming to terms with this. His grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than all of them, though it was not I that was working, but the grace within me. That's enabling grace. And friends, I'm gonna be true with you that you can have a concept of grace, you can read about it, you can have a doctrine of grace, but to truly understand grace, you have to meet it. You have to encounter it. I was making some very bad decisions when I was a young, young man, and in that moment, God encountered me with his grace as he did you in your situation. And I had to choose, do I just want to believe in myself and rely on myself, or am I choosing to believe in one that's far greater? My grace has limits. My kindness has limits. My compassion has limits. My mercy has limits. But not his grace. No matter what, that's encouraging. It enables us, some of you, I know some of your stories. I know at times you would almost sometimes want to give up. How do I get through this, Lord? This is too big for me. This is too hard. And yet you got through. You got through. And you can say, well, you had friends and whatnot, but that was grace of God anyway. But God's empowering presence, God's enabling presence. And have a look at this. Grace releases Christ's establishing presence. Remember this, he will carry you. You will make it, you will get through. Every day through grace, Christ offers us a fresh start. That's why his mercy is in you every morning. Have a bad day, we wake up and we trust God that this day will be better. This day will be different. That I'm expecting God to encounter my moment, my space. The Bible says that when we, the more that we humble ourselves, the more we experience this sense of grace. It's grace to the humble. When we enter his gates today, it's not based on our ability, but his, his establishing presence. In 1 Peter 5, 10 and 11, 
that the God of all grace who called you into his eternal glory in Christ, who himself will restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. Do you see this? Do you see a trend in this? We mostly see when we're reading about grace, it's in hardship. It's in troubled times. It's in the battle of real life. The scenarios that face us and confront us. We see it time and time again where we need that grace. Not for the good days that it's certainly there, but we see it in the days that are not how we may expect them to be. And that's the good news of Jesus, that we can enjoy his presence, his favour and his provision and be refreshed as we become more like him. Yeah, we all have days. I could tell you all my prayers I pray. I pray for you. I pray for many of you by name. Pray for situations. I pray for the church. Why? Why do I pray? I don't believe that there's a God of grace who answers prayer. Because I do. There is a God who answers prayer. And we learn that we are saved, so grace is not for our eternal state, though it is, but it's for our present state. We are saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved by grace through faith. That's unstoppable living right there. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. Through life, life's trials and troubles and circumstances, we can experience His grace. I wonder about you, how are you feeling today? You've got loved ones who are battling. Maybe you're battling. Maybe there's reports. Maybe you're not well. Someone you know is not well. Are you feeling frustrated in life right now? Are you feeling weak? Have you become despondent? Are you tired? Do you feel like you're falling short of what God has asked of you? Feel like you're not measuring up? Maybe you're weary uncertain, maybe uneasy. Let me challenge you today that there is enough grace for you. There is sufficiency of grace to strengthen you, to empower you, to enable you, and to establish you. I've, I've walked it through, and I, and I dare say I will continue to walk it through until it takes me home. And I think the same will be for you too. Understanding this wonderful, wonderful grace. Philip Yancey says, what's so amazing about grace? He says this, that grace is scandalous. Remember Roger talking about this. He said that, talking about grace once in the conversation and Roger even referenced Philip Yancey in his amazing book and said, amazing grace, the book of amazing grace. Grace is scandalous. It's so hard to accept. It's hard to believe. It's hard to receive. We feel like, come on, I've got to do something. Well, first and foremost, we got to do is be willing to receive. And sometimes troubles and pains gets us, gets us to that place where we're, our back is against the wall and there's nothing left. And we say, God, I need you. And grace comes. Jesus comes. You feel overwhelmed in that place. You feel a little bit stronger than a few moments earlier. 
Max Licardo says this, and you can see it on the screen, grace is everything Jesus. Grace lives because he lives, works because he works, and matters because he matters. To be saved by grace is to be saved by him, not by an idea, a doctrine, a creed, or even church membership, but by himself, who will sweep into heaven everyone who so much as gives him the nod. That's it. Grace teaches us that God does for others what we could never do for them because of his great love. He showers us with grace and mercy. And you're sitting here, you are recipients, you are tokens. We are tokens of his grace. Mercy, as I've read, is when we don't get what we deserve. Grace is when God gives us things that we do not deserve. So I want to ask you this. Do you have loved ones you're praying for? Do you have a community to pray for? Do you have a church family to pray for? Why are you praying? Because we are believing for God's intervention. Because the same grace that was afforded to us, we believe is for others as well. And that's unstoppable living. That's a life that's chosen to acknowledge that we are unstoppable. Unstoppable because he is unstoppable. Are we expect, expecting and experiencing the sufficiency of grace in our life today? That's the question. Are we aware of it? Are we acknowledging it? God doesn't remove the troubles and the obstacles. Rather in adversity, in that thing that's coming against us, Christ reminds us of his empowering presence. He reveals his enabling presence and he releases his establishing presence. And that invitation is open for all. That's why we believe that the gospel is good news. That's why. Because it's not based on how smart or how good or how rich, what you have or don't have, where you live, for everyone who will receive. Cost God everything. Cost God to give his son that we could enter into this place of significant and overcoming grace.